You're listening to the Arise Church Podcast. We are an Acts 29 church in Ventura, California, where we exalt Christ, embrace community, and engage culture. Find out more info or hear more sermons at our website, ariseventura.com. Thanks for listening. Well, good morning, everyone. It's really good to be able to, to be here and to continue our study in the book of Colossians. Just as a reminder, this series uh, is all about Jesus. That's what the book of Colossians is about, and that's what we're doing here today and talking about uh, the section in Colossians chapter 3, verses uh, 22 through the end of that chapter and picking up at chapter 4 and verse 1 is our last verse of the day. These are only five verses, but they are really packed with instructions for us, both practical things that we need to know and do, and also spiritual wisdom that is good for us to have in our hearts. Practically, this section of scripture tells us a lot about culture, the culture of Paul's day when he was writing this book to the church at Colossae, and also our culture today, and how we as Christians are to behave in in our culture. So the word that we're hearing, although it was written to a church all these centuries ago, certainly does have application to our lives. And the main meaning of it, in a practical sense, is to remind us that we are transformed. We are to be transformed as Christians. They were new Christians then. And we are new Christians, some of us here, some of us have been Christians for a, a few years longer than others. And... Thank God for wherever you are in your walk. But we are to be transformed, and we'll be reminded of that in the, in the verses today. On a spiritual level, this, this section deals with our relationship with God. Our nature as spiritual beings, that's what Paul is talking about here. Because we have eternal life with Christ. And so even though we are in this world, we're on this earth, we're doing things that, that we have to do to get through our lives, at one point, this is all going to be done. And we're going to be able to be with the Lord in heaven and have eternal life to just praise him and glorify him. We also learned in this section of scripture about the supremacy of Christ and and the spiritual wisdom in these verses speak a lot toward that as well. So let's take a step back though and, and review where we've come in this series. This series began on January 5th of 2020, the first Sunday of this year, and boy, it seems like a long time ago. A lot has happened uh, since then. Uh, we learned back then that, uh, that Paul wrote to the, to the church at Colossae from prison. So he was uh, under some, uh, some bondage at that time, literally, in chains in the prison. He uh, never visited the town of Colossae. It was a, it was a town uh, in, in, the, in the ancient world, in the Roman Empire, about 100 miles uh, away from another town called Ephesus, which we'll, we'll reference and, and talk about a little bit here too. And just for context, uh, you know, it's about the distance from Ventura to Santa Maria. So if you were walking from, from here, from Colossae to Ephesus back in, in the time of Paul, or if you're walking now... Uh, the, the space from the distance from uh, Ventura to, to Santa Maria is about how far apart those, those towns were. And there were new Christians in, in both towns. Paul wrote this book about 60 years after the death of Christ. 
So he was in, in the thick of his ministry. He had been at it for a while, yet there were still new Christians being, uh, coming to the Lord, uh, being brought into the family all the time. So he's writing these instructions. He's telling the folks uh, how, they're, how they're to act as, as new creatures in Christ. We've learned about authentic Christianity in this series. We've learned that uh, as we follow Christ, we mature, we learn new things, we grow. It's just the nature of life as any part of our life. But as baby Christians, we don't have much knowledge. As we come and we hear the word, we study the word ourselves, we find out what authentic Christianity really is. And we always heard in these series, in these uh, Sundays from, from January 5th till now, that it's always applied in love. And love is the ingredient that, that carries us through. As we follow Christ, we come to understand the supremacy of Jesus. We had a, an entire uh, Sunday sermon about that. Pastor Steve really clarified for me why Jesus is exalted. And go back and listen to that again if you haven't heard it in a while. I think that's up on our, on our website. But it was excellent word and an excellent uh, thing, a point to understand as we study the Bible about the supremacy of Christ. You know, Paul was imprisoned, and he talked about the struggles throughout his writings, and it inspires us because we go through struggles as well. And, and we're called to engage our culture, and that can be a struggle a lot. And in this series, we learned about that. We learned it in, in the Colossian world, in their, in their community, they had a philosophy that, that wasn't compatible with the teachings that Paul was bringing to them about what Jesus said and did and, and what he means to us. And we have similar things today. There are cults. There are, there are things that pull us in our culture away from, from the Lord. And we have to remain steadfast and focused on Jesus. Stay in the Bible Continue our fellowship. Don't fall away so that we can maintain our, our, our strong stand in the culture and, and be persuasive to the culture to bring them to where they should be as well. We have to do that by putting off sinful practices. Take off those things that, that, that we were burdened by before we became Christians. All the things we did that were contrary to, to what God wants for us. And, and we have to put on a new self, which is marked by kindness, humility, patience, and all of those attributes that we know the fruit of the Spirit and life in Christ brings to us. The result we learned just a couple of weeks ago from Pastor Steve when he talked about having the peace of God ruling in our heart. When we do this, when we follow the scriptures, when we know what we're supposed to do and we put it into practice, we can have peace no matter what our circumstances are. Not only do we have peace ruling in our heart, but the word of God will dwell in us. The word of Christ, it will come out of our mouths. It will come to our minds and, and we'll be able to speak it when we need to in whatever situation that is. And we will be able to then represent the name of Christ in the proper way that it should be represented in our works, in our deeds, in our relationships with our, our family, with our friends, with people that we encounter. We will honor God 
if we stick to the words of, of the, and the lessons of, of Colossians. So let's take a look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 22, and following to the end, and then picking up in uh, verse 1 of chapter 4. We'll have a slide up on the screen for this. Bond servants, chapter 22, or verse 22. Bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Lord, we thank you as we get into your word that you provide it to us, Lord, that we can see it, read it, study it, talk about it. I pray, Lord, that, that your word would come through clearly to our hearts today and we would be able to put it into practice in our lives. One of the interesting things that I found as I was studying this scripture, as Pastor Steve asked me to bring this uh, message a few weeks ago, is it is virtually identical to a passage in Ephesians that Paul wrote. I have a slide to compare the two, and, and, and we'll put that up there, and you'll see that it is, it is just about the same wording, the same terminology. These, these were towns about 100 miles apart, and back in that day when, when the travel mainly was by foot, you know it was a long journey between those two towns, not just taking a, a couple of hours of drive up the freeway to, to Santa Maria like we would do. But, but Paul wanted to let the people in both of these areas know and the culture was very similar. One of the things that, that was real similar was the fact that they had slaves. Slavery was very common back in, in that time. But you'll see when you look at it, both, both of these passages, Colossians 3, beginning in verse 22, and Ephesians 6, beginning in verse 9, talks about bond servants. That's, that's essentially slaves in our, our parlance today. He, he encourages the, the slaves to obey their masters, to do what they're told to do. In Ephesians, he says, do that with fear and trembling. In other words, knowing that if you don't obey, if you don't do what you're supposed to do, you're aware that, that it has grave consequences. But do it with sincerely. Do it with a, a, a pure heart of wanting to work properly, wanting to do what you're called to do. But do it as you would work for Christ, as if Christ were your earthly master as well. He talks in both passages about don't giving eye service. Or we would say in our, we don't use that term, but in our parlance, lip service. You know, you're just saying something for the sake of saying it. You would do something just for the sake of being seen. That's not how we're supposed to do it. We're supposed to be devoted to Christ and, de and devote our work to what Christ wants of us. Not being people pleasers, but doing it to please the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily, he says to the Colossians, to the Ephesians, he said, rendering service with goodwill 
as to the Lord and not to man. Take that attitude. That's how we're supposed to do it. And finally, knowing that from the Lord you will receive your reward. In in Ephesians, he tells them, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he'll receive back from the Lord, whether he's a bondservant or free. So it's very similar instruction to both. I found that interesting. I didn't even realize that before. Paul's writing to two different cities, two different groups of people, but he's giving them the same kind of instruction. When he talks about bond servants, as I said, that's slaves. And in Jesus' time on earth, and when Paul was writing this, the Romans had a lot of slaves, but also the Jews had slaves. Slavery was a common thing. There were bond servants who just were, were required to, to be in the household of the, their Roman uh, master. Or there were also indentured servants who were slaves because they had to work off a debt. And however long it took them to do that, they were slaves to the creditor until the debt was repaid by virtue of their labor. But in any definition of slavery, it basically boils down to someone who's at the, the total, totally at the disposal of a master. So whatever that master says, that slave has to perform. By acknowledging slavery and slaves in these books that Paul did, he's giving place to the people who were slaves. He's not considering them too low to even address, as some people would. They were considered, a slave would be considered property. A slave would be considered property as if an animal were considered property. But Paul was directing words to them. He was speaking to them. He was giving them instruction. He was helping them. So he's giving them a place because as Christians, as fellow Christians, as brothers in Christ, they were not too low so that they should have been ignored. He was speaking directly with them. Paul referred to himself as a slave throughout his writings. Romans chapter 1, verse 1. He says, Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus. He referred to Jesus as a slave or as a servant. Same, same words. In Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8, it says, Jesus emptied himself of godly attributes and took the form of a servant, becoming obedient to the point of death. So Paul addresses slavery a lot in his writings. He never condones it But he also never sanctions a revolt of the slaves, which also I found interesting in this. The Bible doesn't call for abolishing of slavery. And like I said, it was rampant. It was very, very common in the time when the Bible was written. But what Paul does and what we see in the Bible in reference to slavery is that Paul is encouraging here and teaching that slavery should be transformed. How slavery operates will be different when we are different in Christ. So how does that happen? How does slavery get transformed without it being abolished? Without the slaves rising up in revolt against the masters? Well, it goes back to the title of this series. It's all about Jesus. 
Things are transformed from within. And Paul talks about that we are to live for Christ no matter what situation we are in. And that's how the transformation occurs. As Christians, we become transformed. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. And if you're a slave or if you're a master, the same thing applies. I've had a lot of jobs in my lifetime. And, and slavery and masters are, are, are no longer in our society, thank God. But analogous to that would be the employer and employee relationship. I've worked jobs for all different kinds of bosses. I had crazy bosses who threw things when they were angry and, and, and who would yell and scream. I had bosses who hardly said anything and you didn't know where you stood with them. The jobs I've had have been, as I said, very, very different. I've, I've, I've cleaned toilets and scrubbed floors as a janitor. I've been a bartender. I was a house painter. I worked in a lot of factories in summers between my years in college. Dirty, crazy jobs that they gave to the low man on the totem pole. Hard work in, in poor conditions. Not as a slave, thankfully. I'm not trying to compare it to that, but still... I've had a lot of different jobs. We've all been in places like this and had to comply with things that either we felt were unfair, wrong, ridiculous. Do we have to do this? There's a better way. I know better ways. But, but how do we react in, in those circumstances? Well, what we are told to do and, and what we are supposed to do as Christians is not to try to please people. When I was an employee, I was not to try to please my boss. I was to please the Lord. And when I had a job I didn't like, when I had a boss who was a tyrant, when it was difficult to continue getting up the next day and going back to that job, once I became a Christian at about age 25, that's when I was able to change my attitude. And I wasn't so rebellious. And I didn't resist. And I kept jobs longer. And I became more successful. And it was good because I was following what the word says. Verse 22 in chapter 3. Don't try to please people. But work out of respect for the Lord. Out of fear for the Lord. You can translate that as respect. Verse 23. Work heartily as for the Lord Jesus. Not for men. So don't be a slug. Don't go and hide in the boiler room because you know the boss wasn't going to come in there for 15 or 20 minutes, which I've done. You know you receive your reward from the Lord. You are serving the Lord. So if you get yourself in that kind of a situation, if you are struggling, remember, even if the boss doesn't come and see you, the Lord knows what you're doing. A slave who became a Christian became something new. Although there may not have been any change in that person's circumstances, they were still a slave. They were still having to do the work that their master required. The change came inwardly. So outwardly, they were still a slave. Anybody who encountered them would probably recognize them as such. Anyone who would see them doing what they were doing would know that they were working as a slave. But they were serving, but they were doing it differently. They were doing it with a new attitude. 
They were doing it inwardly because they had a change of heart. And we know that in the scripture, the heart is really central to being a Christian. It's your spirit. It's how you are reacting. It's how you are feeling inside. Maybe people don't see it, but you've got to have that heart. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 and 16 explains why it's important to have that. Even if your outward circumstances are difficult and, and you have struggles and anyone can see you in that, if your heart is a heart for Christ, if you are right, if your heart is aligned properly, then that's what's going to happen. And we read it in Matthew 5, 14 and 16. You are the light of the world, the Bible says. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. So by doing that, even as a slave, even as an employee under a boss who might be less than ideal, you will be a great witness for Christ. And that's what Paul is telling the slaves, to be Christian slaves, to be a different kind of slave, to be a new creation, a new slave who is a good witness for Christ. We have a chance to shine in whatever role we are placed in. And by doing so, that brings glory to God. The same thing goes for masters. Chapter four, verse one says, Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Now that's only one verse. That's all he says to masters in the book of Colossians. But it's no less than the three or four verses he used in talking to slaves. Paul packs a lot in just that, that one verse, those few words. He says that, again, being masters, you have, if you're a Christian master, you have to be transformed because you have a master in heaven. You have to do things differently because you're, gonna, you're serving somebody too. Back in my day, the poet laureate, the musician was Bob Dylan who, who said a lot of things to a lot of people through his music. And he became a Christian, accepted the Lord. I don't really know what happened with that, but it was a big deal for a while back in the 70s. And he had a song that, that you probably heard, you gotta serve somebody. And it's true. He put in a lot, of, a lot of ways. You might be a king, you might be a slave, you might be a police officer, you might be a prisoner, but you gotta serve somebody. And even if you're the master in each of those situations, you are servant to the Lord. And so you got to remember that. In this, the prior verse, verse, verse 25 of chapter 3, there is no partiality, Paul reminds us. So we know the Lord is going to be fair and just to the master and also to the slave. So if the master is not doing what he's to do as a Christian master, not serving the Lord properly as a master, not being a good employer to your employees, you're gonna suffer the consequences of that because God is a just God. 
He tells the masters to be just and fair. That relates back to the same thing that he told the slaves. Do it with a sincere heart. You can't have justice without sincerity in your heart. You can't have fairness if you aren't sincere about doing the right thing. Paul had just told them in this letter how to be transformed as new Christians. Carlos talked last week about our family relationships and what we're to do, wives and husbands, fathers to their children, what kinds of relationships we're supposed to have. And Paul is reminding us again here that we have a master in heaven that we have to remember to serve. And he told us earlier in the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, how we accomplish that. We put on a compassionate heart. We put on kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. We have to practice forgiveness as the Lord forgives because we are forgiven too. And we have to forgive those who work for us. I'm glad that I became a boss in about the last 15 years of my career after having been a a Christian for, for quite a few years. Because I hope with all that practice and with being under different bosses that I won't forget what it's like to be an employee as well. And so I strive to be a better boss, a better employer because of what I had experienced as an employee and because of what I know the Lord calls me to be and to do. Above all, with all of these attributes, we as Christians are to put on love. We can't be a new creation. We can't follow Paul's instructions here and work heartily as to the Lord, not as people pleasers. We can't be fair to those who are under us, who are serving us in some capacity without being just and fair to them, without also having love. So as as a Christian, the foundation, of course, of what we're to do is to have love for others. And the result of all of this is what Pastor Steve told us a couple of weeks ago in, in his sermon. What we get from this And what chapter 3, verses 15 through 17 tell us is we achieve peace in our hearts. Even if we're slaves, even if we're doing lowly, menial, horrendous tasks that have to be done by somebody, if we're doing them in the right way, if we're doing them as if we are serving the Lord and doing it because we want to honor Christ and be new new creatures and new creations in Christ, we'll have peace in our heart. Even if that is a terrible job, do it as you're doing it for the Lord because you are and he will let peace rule in your heart and you'll be able to handle that. You'll be thankful for being able to do that. And the word of Christ will dwell richly in you. And finally, the name of the Lord Jesus will be well represented In everything that you do, you will be that witness, that person, that Christian that other people will look to and say, what does he have? What does she have? How can I be more like that? 
and you'll have that opportunity to tell them and they'll be able to become new creatures in Christ as well. So please bow with me and, and let's pray that these words, these instructions, this wisdom that we have from, from Paul's letters will take root in our hearts and we'll be able to work them out in, in everything that we do as well. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the lessons that you give us. I thank you for the abilities that we have to follow your word, Lord, in trying circumstances, in times of uncertainty, in our struggles, in our rebellion. Lord, your word reminds us as to how we can serve you and what our reward will be. And I thank you, Lord, that you will remind us of this continually. And Lord, we will be able to serve you properly in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.